Top of the morning to you, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of the Bitcoin Ben Show podcast version. My name is Jordan. I'll be your intro man today, the editor and the man responsible for bringing the Bitcoin Ben Show to the audios. It's Wednesday. Happy hump day to everybody. Although you might be listening to an older episode, I have a few to catch up on here. Slowly starting to catch up. Been a process though. I think the last intro I did uh, about six or seven on there and uh, they'll be about the same on this one too. So if you're listening to this for the second time, you can go ahead and fast forward because you're going to hear the exact same thing. Ben is on the road today. He's in St. Louis, I mean Arnold, Missouri. Seems like he's been all over the place lately, but still managing to sneak in some shows. And there's been a lot of good ones lately. Holy cow. He's doing a lot. He's on YouTube. He's on Rumble. He's on Vita. He's on Substack. He's on Patreon. He's everywhere. And depending on what show you're listening to and where, there's a ton of good information coming out. So this is why I think that applications like Fountain are going to be important. Because we're uploading all these podcasts from Ben shows, from his live shows every morning, onto Fountain for you to listen to for free. It's basically a whole education on Bitcoin, history, freedom tech, finance, investing, geopolitical stuff, all of it, every morning for free. And the nice thing about Fountain is you actually don't have to sign up for a monthly membership. There's no credit card. There's no personal information. There's no recurring charges. If you feel like you got any sort of value from an episode of Ben's, you can hop on the fountain, listen to that podcast, and you can actually send a boostagram of any amount of sats. I think the minimum is 100, but you can go as high as you want to. Whatever you feel like you got back from Ben, you can give back through sats. One-time payment, easy to do, and you can also attach a message to it. And going forward here, as these platforms continue picking up momentum, we're going to start reading those messages. I'm going to start reading those messages in the intros. And Ben's going to read one every week on his live show every Friday. So he's on, <laughs> feels like hundreds of platforms with tens of thousands of people who watch his show every day. And I think that something like this could be a huge opportunity for somebody out there, whether you're a business owner, a content creator, someone who's looking to grow their social media accounts. You send in a boostagram with your comment, question, or a promotion for your company, and Ben's going to read it to his entire audience on his live show. And the cost of a 100 sats right now is about three cents. So I'm not a doctor, but that sounds like a pretty damn good deal to me. Worth the risk. I know people don't like parting with their sats, but in order to push this movement forward, in order to grow this community, we have to support the people who are educating and growing and building. And so something like this, like Fountain, is a very easy way to do that. So I'm going to leave a link below here. I did a video not too long ago on how to use Fountain, how to earn Sensats, fund your wallet. If you want to just set up an account, fund it with like 10,000 sats and give it to your favorite podcasters as you see fit. That's an option. And you can withdraw it too. If you're listening to podcasts every day and you want to, and you build up a nice little balance in there of sats, you can take that out as well. So there's a link below in the video here. I don't often promote my channel because it's not my place here to do. Um, but once in a while I can, I think that's fair. 
I'm sure Ben wouldn't mind. Uh, the channel is 88SATS Radio, 88SATS Radio. So we got a bunch of cool stuff going on there. We got some golf stuff. We're doing uh, investment fund with the end goal of purchasing our own golf course. And we're kind of following the whole journey along on that channel. Plus some other stuff like how to use Noster, how to use Fountain. And there's going to be a lot more coming down the road. So check that out if you don't mind. It would mean a lot to me and it will continue pushing this movement forward. So the more eyes and ears that we can get in front of this stuff, the better. Uh, but let's talk about some metrics here before I take too much of your time. So today, for one US dollar, one illusionary USD, gets you 3,407 sats. Hasn't been changing much. It seems like for the last month or two, the price is pretty much flatlined. Pretty boring, but it really feels like, based on the other metrics that I'm seeing and what Ben's been talking about, that it's kind of like the calm before the storm right now. With the halving coming up in less than a year, with the Black Rocks, the Vanguards, Fidelities, everybody's asking for Bitcoin. They can't get it right now, but soon they'll be able to. And when that time comes, you want to be ready for it. So keep listening along here and you'll be fine, I think. What else we got? Currently, we are sitting at block 800397. So we passed the 800,000 block height. I think it was on the weekend. Anyway, pretty exciting. It's only happened what, seven times so far in the last 14 years. So a pretty cool milestone. It's the Bitcoin, the saying in Bitcoin is TikTok next block because it's been 800,397 blocks and we're still here. We're still running. We're still growing at an exponential rate. So block height 800397 and currently fees are a little high right now, 15 sats per V-byte. When I looked this morning, though, it was only three sats per V-byte. So I don't know what happened. A sudden boost in fees. Uh, but you're looking at 15 sats per V-byte. And if you wait a little while, I'm thinking you can get it for cheaper than that because there was just a big spike uh, in the last block. So that has been The Metrics, sponsored by Calix Solutions, the Founders Group Worldwide, King Golf, 88 sats. I'm just saying, I'm just saying companies now. So I think that's it for today. I got to get uploading these podcasts. <laughs> I'm a little behind, but that's summer. That's life. Um, things are busy, uh, but we're still getting all the podcasts up there. And it seems like the traction's actually been growing on Spotify, Apple, and Fountain. You can actually see the metrics there and followers are increasing. Listens are increasing unique listeners are increasing so it's good i mean anytime you start something new it always is a slow traction to get going but i think that we're going to be hitting our stride soon and uh take advantage of this while you can get on the fountain start earning some sats send a boostergram into ben's show and we're going to read your message on here and possibly on ben's live show so i hope you have an amazing hump day an amazing week and enjoy all the content that ben's been putting out it's, it's he makes it look pretty easy, but it's a ton of work. And so if you don't want to send sats, like the page, subscribe, anything you're listening to, and share it with friends and family. So that's it. I'm out of here. Here he is, Bitcoin Benjamin, known to most as Bitcoin Ben.
and we are live. Good morning, everybody. It's your favorite truck driver in the whole wide world. It's Bitcoin Ben, ex-truck driver in the whole wide world. It's Bitcoin Ben. Now, <clears throat> my friends, today we are going to talk about reflection. We are going to talk about why, the why of all of this. Right? The reason we're in cryptos, a lot of us, is we see the revolution coming. We see that, that, and we've seen it coming for years, right? We are optimist, optimist drive the world. Um, the naysayers, the uh, the negative people, the uh, people who don't have vision of what's in front of us are usually, and this is not their fault, right? Like, uh, uh, God, what's his name? Uh, Warren Buffett. You know, Warren Buffett is 175 years old. Warren Buffett generationally cannot see the utility of any of this because he doesn't have a an interaction uh, view, right? Warren Buffett is is trapped financially in a mindset of about 1960. That's the economy model that he sees, that he lives in. That's why he uh, he he never bought Apple early because he didn't understand what it was, and he's always said, "I don't invest in things I don't understand." That's why. Warren Buffett owns a bunch of railroads. That was the uh, the technology that was really at at the peak of his generation. Railroads, airplanes, you know that. Right, exactly, exactly. My boy Dennis gets it. 
they can't vision getting out of the old system, right? But if Warren Buffett had the knowledge of the advancement of the macro view, he would be able to understand that what he invested in in the 60s and in the 70s is exactly what we are doing right now. See, he invested in railroads. He invested in airplanes. He invested in in network growth. He invested in Walmart network growth. The most modern technology he had exposure to is what he invested in. This is what he doesn't understand now is that all of this is network growth, network energy being transferred from one place to another quickly or quicker than the last technology. Now, if he was capable of really digging deep Remember, he's, he's at the mindset of 1960s, right? So his mind works at the uh, speed of the 1960s, right? It, and think of it like this, right? He saw the transfer of physical mediums or goods as an increasing value of the time, right? Everything was shipped on rail. If, If it was from China, they'd ship it on boats. He invested in large shipping. Then when it came to America, it either went on a relatively local trucking company, which he invested in some trucking uh, companies like Ford and, uh, and, uh, and the producers of trucks, right? Then he invested in railroads. So what couldn't be shipped on a truck was shipped on a railroad. He he invested in the supply chain, supply chain of modern technology. But what he doesn't understand 
is that the ships, the trucks, the boats, the uh, railroads of the past are now just digital. So what used to actually carry CDs, right? We used to get most of our CDs from China and Japan. So they'd ship over the blank CDs. And then once they got here, those CDs would be shipped on a truck or on a railroad to the facilities where the CDs would be loaded with information, movie, music, whatever. That's what modern technology is doing now. The internet is just replacing the supply chain of the information. Now we have blockchain, we have web three. What he can't wrap his mind around is that now there's a monetary and identification system right for digitally transferred information that's what he can't wrap his mind around that web 3 is removing the old monetary system out of the shipping of information that that no one's mailing a check or sending a wire for payments anymore. No one wants to do that. It's why, right, we have a company that cleans our swimming pool. My wife pays them with Venmo. There you go. She doesn't even use a credit card anymore. She pays with Venmo or PayPal or Cash App. Well, Venmo, Cash App, and PayPal, what are they moving to? They're moving to Web3, cryptos. And what Warren Buffett doesn't grasp about the Bitcoin is he lives in a world, in a mindset that um, that currency is 
uh, is issued. Currency is declared by the government. That the government is who says this is what's currency. But with modern technology, that's being replaced with the Bitcoin. Is is it's actually shifting from centralized currency agreement of the community. Because remember, I've always said money is a shared illusion that we all agree on. Now, in his day, everyone agreed on it because the government says it was. Well, nowadays, now, currently, there's a new money that more and more people are believing in. And less and less people are believing or trusting the government-issued currency. Any of them. And, and we have a decentralized, uncorruptible currency that is, is engineered perfectly for a base layer currency, gold. That's why people call it digital gold. Because in the old days, the base layer was gold or silver. Then we transferred to the base layer of currency was was petroleum that was called the petrodollar that's what gave the dollar its perceived value was oil and petroleum as we move away from oil and petroleum as our uh, our most used base layer of energy, right? Our base layer of energy usage is now electricity because more things are actually being consumed at the pure energy level. What you're watching right now is pure energy. The video is pure energy. In the old days, if you wanted to go and watch a video, you'd have to go to a theater. That means getting in your car or driving, 
it involved a petroleum product at a higher level than what it is now. So now our base layer of our economy is transitioning out of petroleum and into pure energy. So now our monetary system, our money, is going from petroleum-based to energy-based. The Bitcoin. Right? How do you produce the Bitcoin? You consume energy to mine it. There you go. Right? Now, I had a call, well, I had a conversation with a woman at my credit union. And she she asked me, Ben, look, I know you're successful. I I know all that. But why does it matter to me what's going on in crypto? And I sent her a clip, and I'm going to play the clip for you guys, right? This is, this is going to run, right? And basically, what it is, is a clip of, uh, he's irrelevant. Who he is, is irrelevant. What he's going to do is run through the last three weeks alone of crypto announcements. Listen closely. ...prices at all. But like, this is what I will say, which I think is super important. And if it's okay, can I just read? That's right. Like, so I've set out two tweets in a row for two weeks now of just positive developments within the crypto space, okay? And I wanna read them to you. And, Please. And just think about this, and I'm gonna read them to you backwards leading up to last week, okay? In fact, you WhatsApped, you WhatsApped me this last, last weekend, I think it was. I'm like, I yeah, this is dead right. Okay, so this is wild. If you look at all the positive developments that have occurred since the EU passed MICA, right? Their landmark regulation, right? On Thursday, June 1st, and I'm reading this now, so I apologize if anyone's watching video, my eye is gonna move slightly over. Um, I cannot do this by memory. I could do a lot of it by memory, but not all, okay. So on Thursday, June 1st, Hong Kong reinstated retail crypto trading through select exchanges. On Friday, June 2nd, the chairman of the House Financial Services Committee within the United States House of Representatives released a discussion draft on legislation providing a statutory framework for digital asset regulation intended to provide clarity, fill regulatory gaps, and foster innovation while providing consumer protections, and discussions are expected to commence in the U.S. House in July. On Sunday, June 11th, A16Z announced that they were expanding to London and hosting the next crypto startup school in 2024 there. In response, the U.K. Prime Minister Rishi Sunak stated, as we cement the UK's place as science and tech superpower, we must embrace innovations like Web3 
powered by blockchain technology. And he goes on. On Wednesday, June 14th, it was disclosed in April that Hong Kong Monetary Authority sent a letter to HSBC, Standard Chartered, and Bank of China to take on crypto clients. On June 15th, BlackRock filed for a Bitcoin ETF. On June 16th, the Bank of England and the Bank of the International Settlements Innovation Hub of London Center published a report concluding that a well-designed digital currency could, quote-unquote, enable robust eco ecosystem to foster innovation and help meet future needs of more digitized society. Then, the following week, on Tuesday, the EDX exchange went live, and this is currently backed by Charles Schwab, Fidelity, and Citadel. On Tuesday of that week, Wisdom Tree and Invesco refiled for Bitcoin ETFs. On Tuesday, Deutsche Bank applied for a digital asset license. On Wednesday, U.S. Fed Chair Jerome Powell spoke on Capitol Hill and said cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin have staying power. On Wednesday, Valkyrie refiled for a Bitcoin ETF. On Thursday, the IMF released a report on crypto's usage across LATAM and Caribbean. Um, and they said, if well-designed CBDCs uh, can strengthen the usability, resilience, and efficiency of payment systems and increase financial inclusion in uh, Latin America and Caribbean, and while a few countries have completely banned crypto assets, given their risks, this approach may not be as effective in the long run. On Thursday of two weeks ago, MasterCard announced that it expanded its in. All right, let me just, let me explain that last one. All right, we hear CBC, CBDCs, Central Bank Digital Currencies. Let me explain the last one. The International Monetary Fund released a report on crypto's usage across uh, Latin, which is Latin America trade, blah, 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 and the Caribbean. Some comments from this report. Now, listen. If a well-designed central bank digital currency and strengthen the usability, resistance, and efficiency of payment systems and increase financial institution or financial inclusion in Latin America and the Caribbean, while few countries have completely and uh, crypto assets, given their risk, this approach may not be effective in the long run. What they're basically saying there is CBDCs, although a good idea, and while a very few countries have outlawed like Bitcoin that doing that and creating the CBDCs may not be an effective approach in the long run. They're basically saying that CBDs, CBDCs, are a good idea for now. But in the long run, they may not work. 
that's that is what that message said right now let's continue engage program to help bring cryptocurrency card programs to market on friday the ftc the sec approved its first leveraged bitcoin futures etf which will start trading on the 27th wait, wait so this is wild for a second okay that was two weeks ago then you get back to last week on monday hsbc announced it was offering bitcoin and ethereum etfs to its customers making it the first bank in hong kong to do so japan revised its corporate tax regulations making it more attractive for prospects um for crypto firms on tuesday Fidelity filed for a Bitcoin ETF on Wednesday. MasterCard, which continues to actually do incredible things in the payment space, announces the launch of the blockchain app store. Julius Baer on Wednesday announced that it was expanding to Dubai, where it will start to offer crypto services on Thursday. God, I'm fucking exhausted. Hold on a second. On Thursday, Financial Services and Markets Act of 2023, a reform bill in the UK was granted royal assent from King Charles. This law recognizes crypto as a trading as a regulated financial activity. Bank of America on Thursday released a report stating that tokenization is likely to transform infrastructure and financial markets over the next 15 years and may develop into a $15 trillion market. By the way, I'm fully biased. I was in that report. On, on Friday, Hong Kong announces that it, it established a task force to advance Web3 development. South Korea on Friday passes an inaugural standalone crypto bill titled the Virtual Asset User Protection and integrates 19 previously discussed crypto-related bills. And then on Friday, eight issuers, including BlackRock, Fidelity, Wisdom Tree, Invesco, and ARK Invest, all refiled their submissions for Bitcoin ETFs to accommodate the requests from the SEC. And then on Saturday, when I thought that week was over, Matt Wong, the co-founder of Paradigm, the VC firm, tweets out, it was kind of ridiculous that we removed all mentions of crypto from our landing page. That was a mistake. We never left, but we're so back. Okay. Right now, let me say this, right? Let me say this, that, that this is such a huge deal, right? Let, uh, let me stop screen share, right? That guy just read over the last two or three weeks of announcements. This is like Web3. Let me explain Web3. Web3 is cryptos, blockchain, and um, like metaverse-ish, but metaverse touches on Web 4. Web 4 is AI. Web 4 is tokenization of everything, of music, CD. Uh, movies, everything, everything will be an, uh, an NFT or 
will be NFT'd, will have an authentication label. Let's put it that way. We'll have an authentication label using blockchain and cryptocurrencies. So Web3 is just now getting going. Now, for those of you, the reason I wrote up here, you will get paid or pay Bitcoin 24 hours a day, 365, seven days a week. Here's why. Web 3 combined with Web 4 AI. Let me give you an example. Oh, uh, those watching on YouTube, we're, we're dropping YouTube right now and will only be on the other platforms. If you're watching on YouTube right now, there's a link under the video that will let you continue to watch the show live on Rumble. Voila. Right? Now, if you want the whole rest of the video, because after an hour, I go from Rumble and my other platforms to strictly Patreon and and um, uh, and FGTV. FGTV is my club's unique television channel. So if you are on YouTube right now watching, I suggest either going over to Rumble for the next half hour or click on the Patreon link, uh, link for the next hour of the show. All right? Bye-bye, YouTube. Oh, wait a second. Hang on one second. Transition word from the sponsor. Are you buying and selling cryptos on the same laptop that you're using to browse the internet, read your email, and visit social media sites? If so, you're exposing your cryptos to theft. Whenever you're online, you're at risk of getting hacked and having your identity stolen. How would you feel if someone stole all of your cryptos? What would that do to your finances? Guard your cryptos with a safe and secure laptop from Calix Solutions. Each laptop is set up just for you and your cryptos, and then we walk you through exactly how it works. Don't risk the security of your cryptos. Order a crypto laptop from Calix Solutions now to secure your crypto future. Learn more at calixsolutions.io. Everyone watching on YouTube, click the link under here, go on Rumble, and continue to watch us live. Bye-bye, guys. All right. Now that we're off YouTube, now we can dig deeper. The reason I transition off of YouTube after a half hour each day is the algorithms of YouTube. They are not friendly to opinions. I'll just leave it at that.
right? And you guys know why. Now, everyone else watching, remember what I was saying is, let me give you an example, right? Using AI, right? My wife's a writer, and she reads friggin' books all the time. And she's a tremendous writer. So my wife is going to write a book. She has her concept. She has the whole thing lined up. Well, now, using AI, she can write the book, then load the book into a video creating software that will make it into a movie. So my wife will be able to write a book, make it into a movie, and then sell it for like a dollar, right? And she will make the money off of the writing, the producing, and all that of her movie. My wife will be all of the jobs wrapped up in producing a movie. All that value goes to her. Think about that. What used to take millions of dollars to make is now technically free. Now, mind you, we have uh, we have purchased AI software to do it, but that's like nine dollars a month, and we can make unlimited books, unlimited movies, unlimited content. Now, AI is is integrating with Web3, where my wife's movie can only be played once it's authenticated in a software. Like, you can't copy the movie and then send it someplace. That's the difference. That's the difference. Is is that movie is basically going to be NFT. And the reason that I'm bringing this to your attention is you're going to be able to do this. You're going to be able to monetize your passion using technology. You're going to be able to create 
a movie. You're going to be able to create content. You're going to be able to create entertainment, education, all of that yourself. The only thing you need is a network to help you grow your network of your brand. Right? You see what I'm saying? And your brand can be anything. It can be you making movies, you writing books, you writing papers, you whatever. And your network can be your Facebook friends. Now, this doesn't just go for digital. This also goes for local labor. Right? Say you're a carpenter. Say you're a tremendous carpenter. Say that you work for a company. But you are on Facebook, you're on these other platforms, and you have 100, you know, 200 friends, you know, on Facebook. What, what most people don't understand is that the Kevin Bacon effect of networks that although you only have 200 Facebook friends, within six layers of friends, you have over, I think it's 800,000 possible reaches. Think about that. If you have 200 friends, on Facebook, your possible reach is 800,000 people off of 200 friends. That's your friends sharing. That's the word of mouth network effect. So you're a carpenter and you do great, great carpentry or you believe you do, <laughs> you send out a Facebook message. Hey guys, I'm looking for side work. This is what I can do. Here's some examples of my work. If you need some work done, or if you could please share this post, in your stream, letting people know that I'm looking for some work. Your friends who trust you. Hey, 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 honey, look, Johnny's looking for some work. Didn't you want to get such and such done? Yeah. Didn't you reach out to like a couple of places? 
and you're still waiting for them to get back to you. Yeah. Well, how do I have Johnny do it? Okay. So they reach out. Hey, Johnny, give us a call, brother. We got some work we need to get done. Okay. Then he shares it. Before you know it, Johnny leaves his employer. I got work. I I have a friend in St. Louis, in Arnold, who just did this. Left, left his trucking job because him and his son, he's he's literally like one of those head handy guys that can literally fix anything it's it's amazing how how good this guy is he left trucking and now him and his son all they do is is work around people's houses and all they do is share it on the social media. Hey, blah, blah, blahs. You know, he quit his trucking job. You know, hey, if you need something done, you guys know old boy here. He's a little goofy, but you know he does good work. If, if I still lived up in St. Louis and I needed work done, I'd call old boy, and I'm not going to use his name. Uh, because I know of, we were neighbors for years. We had barbecues and, and hi, Sarah. <laughs> That's his daughter, right? And when she was little, every time she'd come over, she'd be like, hi, Ben. And I'd be like, hi, Sarah. <laughs> but the guy does great work. And he worked himself out of a job that he didn't mind truck driving and he was an excellent truck driver now he's doing what he loves he loves talking to people he loves building he loves all this stuff now him and his son that's what they're doing and they're getting work just off social media just off word of mouth. And I'm I'm sure he's using Cash App, Venmo, you know, whatever to get paid. That's the future, folks. Companies are going away. Have any of you noticed how hard it is now to get any company to actually do work or do it right or do it well, right? It's, it's, it's like pulling teeth. You're like, holy God, I need work done. And, <clears throat> I actually make a joke. How the hell is it so hard for me to give somebody my damn money? 
I want work done. I've got money. How is there not someone out there trying to get my money? This makes no sense, but it does if you understand what's happened the last two years. People have found unreliable and not trusted our people are now not trusting their employment or not liking the environment of employment because em employers were like, hey, you wear one of these or you're going to get fired. Wait, what? Yeah, you got to wear one of these or get one of these or you're going to be fired. Well, fuck you. And then people were like, wait a second, why the fuck am I? Let me find work someplace else. And they trapped people in their houses. They trapped a lot of people in their houses. Well, how are you going to make an income from your house? Wait a second. Let me see if anybody needs any work done. And then remember, while we were all trapped in a well, some of us didn't give a shit and left anyway. Looked like a ghost town in St. Louis, but I was one of the few people out driving every day. People started to realize, oh man, I can't go anywhere. I might as well get some work done around my house. Remember the construction boom? How Home Friggin' Depot? Everyone was at Home Depot. Well, not going anywhere. Might as well change my floors. That showed people, number one, they can do stuff. Number two, do I really need a company? Do I really need a job? Maybe not. This might work. So they, they started working on an individual system. And they started seeing them make the full amount of money. No taxes, no bullshit like that. Just Venmo me. All of a sudden, they're making the full value of their labor. Oh, hell, that's revolutionary. Wait a second. There's a there's there's some here. I I wasn't even making half this when I was an employee. And as long as I keep doing good work, I keep getting more jobs. Ooh.
that's what's been going on. That's why there's an employee shortage. That's why unemployment is so low. I would say it's even lower than that because a lot of unemployed are secretly self-employed. You see what I'm saying? They're not coming back to the workforce. Why would they? And that's why the Federal Reserve and and all this are so trying to push CBDCs because they know what I know. The employment structure is crumbling. People are like, wait, the economy's rocking and rolling, but on paper, it looks like we should be in a recession. It's because they're not calculating in the non-reporting economy. They're not calculating in the people getting paid through Venmo, the people getting paid through cryptos, the people getting paid through Cash App. They're looking at government numbers, not understanding what's going on is the government's ability to record economic activity is going away. No one's reporting to the government anymore. That's why they have to implement a CBDC. It's the only way that keeps them relevant because they know this trend is going to continue unreported income, unreported employment. Because, see, the IRS only knows what it's told. It doesn't have a blockchain of transactions. All it has is what it's told. The employment numbers, they don't have a blockchain of reporting. No, they're only told through reports that people voluntarily fill out. That's that's what's going on. That's the disconnect of all this. While on paper, it it looks like the economy's, you know, in a recession and going to hell. What people don't understand is that, like I've always said, the split. This is the split coming to fruition. This is us starting to experience 
experience the split. And the government is, they know it's happening, but there's nothing they can do about it. They don't have the capabilities to do anything about it. And the public is smartening up. The public is, I'm not going to report shit, kiss my ass. That's why they're in such a panic. But then you have people like me who are pushing this new economy. It's what my clubs are about. It's what the club's website is about. It's about teaching you how to remove yourself from the old system and into the new system. My club, my Patreon channel, my videos are about getting out of the old system and into the new system. And as people are introduced into the new system, they see it and go, oh my God. This is amazing. You you mean I can actually get, like, make what I'm worth? Yeah. Holy shit, this is a whole new world. That's why the club's so popular. Because more and more people are learning that our club can help them transition out of the old world into the new world. And they see the negatives of the old system and the positives of the new system. And they're choosing to move to the new system. That's that's the future. And now I'm going to link it together. The list that that guy just read off is the, the recognition of these corporations that that the masses have chosen a direction. See, the government doesn't lead anything in reality. The public leads it. But the government creates an illusion that they lead it, that they're managing the economy. Yeah, they outlawed marijuana. Did marijuana go away? No. They have no control over anything. They have the illusion of control. They can try and seem and perceive that they have control. And they use laws, they use violence, will put you in jail. That's right. But they don't lead anything. 
the list he just read off is the acknowledgement that the masses have chose a, chosen a direct a direction and now <clears throat> the true system is now following the masses right you'll see this you'll see this everywhere it happened during the credit card revolution initially not everyone accepted credit cards how could they you gotta ching it well as the technology grew more and more places started accepting credit cards as it went digital wait you didn't have the ching anymore you had the swipe once it went swipe it went viral everyone started using credit cards and that's when walmart jc penny movie theaters everyone started accepting credit cards because the masses had chosen they'd rather swipe a credit card than write a check or use cash. So the real economy transitioned to the new credit card system. That's what's going on right now. That's the list he just went through. Is is the real economy, the real inner workings of our financial system has realized the masses have chosen and now they're moving into it. That's what's going on, folks. It isn't that that someone up high is now telling Fidelity, we give you our blessing. No, it's fidelity going, uh, unless we get involved in this, we get left behind. It's fidelity realizing that the financial system is shifting, not just from credit checks to credit cards, but to currencies that are preferred. That's a kick in the ass. That's a whole new game. That's globally revolutionizing this whole industry of money and value. Right? Microsoft as he said on the video microsoft is launching a a a 
a blockchain app store. MasterCard is launching a blockchain app store. They're basically creating an Apple structure where you 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 create a blockchain app. You send it to them. They make it available for their clients who use MasterCard. Think Devour. If you know what that is. All of a sudden, MasterCard has the Devour app. And if you use the Devour app inside the MasterCard system, voila. That's why Devour was accepted into the Google sandbox. That's that's what's coming, folks. That's it's the the amplification of everything. It's the network state globally. That's what's happening. Everything is decentralizing. This is the revolution, folks, and it will be monetized, not televised. Now, for those of you who want to watch the rest of the show, click the link under here and join my Patreon, right? It's only five bucks a month. You get everything, and you get You learn how to take yourself and put yourself into this new system on my Patreon and on FGTV. All right, word from the sponsor, be right back. Are you buying and selling cryptos on the same laptop that you're using to browse the internet, read your email, and visit social media sites? If so, you're exposing your cryptos to theft. Whenever you're online, you're at risk of getting hacked and having your identity stolen. How would you feel if someone stole all of your cryptos? What would that do to your finances? Guard your cryptos with a safe and secure laptop from Calix Solutions. Each laptop is set up just for you and your cryptos, and then we walk you through exactly how it works. Don't risk the security of your cryptos. Order a crypto laptop from Calix Solutions now to secure your crypto future. Learn more at calixsolutions.io. All right, we are getting off of every platform except my Patreon and FGTV. So click the link under here, join the Patreon, 
and make the move from the old system to the new system. Here we go. There we go. All right, now we are just on Patreon and FGTV. Welcome, everyone. Now, this is where we get into the nuts and bolts of how to get yourself out of the old system and into the new system. All right? With every trip, you got to pack for the trip, right? Number one, you need education. You need education on how to do it and do it correctly. That's my Patreon channel. That's the Bitcoin Ben Crypto Club website and brick and mortar, right? Because here on my Patreon, I can give you the education to do it. On the website, I can give you the information and the tools to use it, to implement it. That's how it works. Now... What you need to do is get ready for the transition. So you need to come up with a realistic time frame of getting out of your old job or if you are retired, getting into the new economy. All right, now, I've chosen an example. All right, this is my friend, Tom. Tom is basically retired, right? What Tom is, is an early adopter of cryptos. And he is basically retired. But what Tom doesn't understand, and I think he will after I do this uh, little video, is Tom is an interesting person. He is a character. He's he's a blast to hang out with. He he has a wonderful daughter. He he has a he's just fun to be around. That, my friend, is called being engaged or engaging. Right? That's the want of other people to actually be around you. My recommendation to Tom is this. 
He has an art. He has a truck. He has a trailer. He has all this. If I was Tom, I would create a show. And I would call it Tom's Travels. All right. And I would choose an interesting place to go. And and I'd go there. And I would record. And, and as I'm driving and I think about something I want to talk about, I would record myself just talking about it while I'm driving. Right? Because Tom has the personality that would make that interesting to listen to. And then he gets to the location. Tom's great at talking to people. He'll walk up and talk to a wall. And surprisingly, the wall will um, will actually, actually talk will actually talk back, right? Right, so he travels somewhere and records his journey. Right now, this doesn't have to be right. Tom says, I'm planted in my little town. Then name the show Tom's Little Town and go around and talk about and record what you love about our Tom's small town life, right? Record what you like about your town, what you like, interview the people, get their, his, their history. You actually create a show for your small town. You go around and ask people, hey, I got a channel and it's called Tom's Small Town. And I interview all of the people from the small town and the surrounding areas. That way in the future, people can come to my episodes and reflect back on the people who lived in the town. Because what I haven't actually talked about yet, because it hasn't really been appropriate yet, is future income, right? The, the monetization of video historic archives that in the future, people that move to St. Louis are gonna look for a St. Louis video history channel. Right? And they're going to watch the history 
of St. Louis. And if you have a show that says, you know, St. Louis night, uh, 2020 through whatever, and you have a channel that's St. Louis history, millions of people are going to watch that channel if it's available to millions, right? And if you're going around interviewing interesting people in St. Louis, you're going to get a deep context of the feeling of the time. People are going to listen to those videos and be able to understand the context of the time. And say Tom's like, hey, I want to do this. I want to set this all up. I just don't know how. Seems like a bunch of trouble. That's what the Bitcoin Pin Crypto Club website helps you do. Tom joins and says, hey, I want to launch a channel. We can help him launch on FGTV a channel. And it's Tom around town. And then we post his channel on our server. And he adds videos as he wants. And he shares his links on social media to friends locally. And they learn, well, I really like this FGTV channel. You know, they're getting a lot of content on there I like. You know, they have cooking shows. They have information shows. They have all these shows. And because of the structure of the website, they can make money sharing FGTV in the platform. It's a win-win for everybody. It's as if Netflix paid you to share the Netflix app. That's what FGTV is. You see all these apps on your TV now. That's all they are is is apps like your your um, your your Netflix is just an app. Your um, uh, uh, your HBO Pro or whatever, or your Amazon is. That's how just apps. What if Netflix 
Now, they would never do this because they already have a large market share. What if Netflix would have paid you a percentage of everyone who joined Netflix who used your link as a member when they started getting going? That's FGTV. Except this is the beginning of FGTV. This would be if Netflix only had a few people watching it. And all of a sudden, it starts going viral. Because they have more content, they, it's easier to use. Right? There's, they, exactly. Nikki, right, is it's an idea. My family has a rich history in, in Virginia. I could video the old houses still standing and interview different cousins with their, bingo. That all has value. That's what people have to understand. In today's world, you don't have to have a huge network to make good money. All you have to have is a platform that will reward you for contributing to the network. See, YouTube pays you per view. FGTV and the Bitcoin Ben Crypto Club, we pay you per user that you share with. So you can put out one episode that goes, you know, nowhere. You can get one view. But you have a hundred people to sign up to watch that episode and learn the other channels that FGTV has. You made one episode, but now you're making $300 a month off of the membership share that you brought the company, the network. You see what I'm saying? What I've done is I flipped it from putting the pressure on the creator to create. And I've moved that reward structure into the whole network where each, each individual member is gaining value as each member works to grow the overall network. I have decentralized the profit motive for the creators. 
right? No, no, no. See, Adam Garcia says, soon won't all, or won't AI be making all of the content? No. You have to understand. And I shared a video on Patreon last night of the guy who invented chat GD chat GPT right it's the guy that invented it he said chat GPT is not going to replace content creators it's going to reward the people who utilize chat GPT the earliest. See, there's still going to be people who utilize the technology. And create the content using the technology. Uh, question, will FGTV be like YouTube, but without restrictions? Yes. Yes, FG. Now, mind you, we're not going to put like pornography on there. No. There ain't going to be no FG, no porn. Right. But we're a free speech platform. We're not going to censor other than pornography. Right? And when I say pornography, I don't mean like, you know what pornography is. Right. So an opinion will not be censored, right? A point of view will not be censored. I'll, we'll even let a communist produce a pro-communism channel on FGTV. Why? Because I know that a pro-communist channel will only reinforce the freedom mindset. Let communists explain what communism is and smart people will recognize it and go, yeah, that's a bad fucking idea. But don't silence them, because if you silence them, then they have to lie their way into attention. See, if, if, if you have the freedom of speech, and you have a weak argument and you're censored 
your only hope is to lie because you can't tell the truth because your argument is weak. And you're being censored. So you have to lie your way in. You have to progressively. This is why the progressive movement is exists because they had to lie their way in. Because if they just came right out and said, we are communistic, structured people, and we want to infiltrate America and take it over. Everyone would have said, oh, no. So they had to lie their way in because of their weak arguments. They couldn't convince people that they were right. So they had to lie their way into society. It's the whole, well, it's not killing a baby, it's abortion. And then create a marketing around it that sells the lie, that tricks the people. See, lying is just a way to advance a bad idea. That's what lying is. When you know that your idea or your action was a bad idea, you lie about it. If it was a good idea, you tell the truth. See, that's why, that's why my grandfather used to say, hey, if you're about to tell a lie, remember, you hear it before anyone else. And I thought about that. Wait a second. He's right. I'm not lying to other people. I'm lying to myself before I'm lying to others. And lying is just me trying to validate a bad idea to myself. Grandpa was a smart motherfucker, right? So that's this economy is 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 so revolutionary because it gives you the people the ability to monetize your your 
your value, right? Monetize your value directly to the people who want the value. There's no more middlemen. The middlemen are dying. Not well, yeah, dying and their systems dying. Not because, not because of anything except the system is a bad idea. So they have to lie as they die. Wait, wait, no, we're a good idea. We're a good idea. No, if you were, you wouldn't be dying. You wouldn't be phased out. If government was a good idea, it would be getting stronger. But it's not. That's why all of their numbers aren't like, that's why on Bloomberg, they get on there and go, we don't understand. How many YouTube shows have you seen where people are like, the experts proven wrong again? Because the experts are from the old system and they can't wrap their heads around a system that is separating from theirs and the inability to control it. The inability to regulate it. The inability to stop it. They've lived in a world where, what? Well, yeah, we can just control everything. No, you've never been able to control everything. It's the illusion. It's the lie they've been putting out. And they believe the lie because they hear it before they say it. They're believing a lie and they're saying it. And that's why all of them have to repeat the lie. They're not trying to convince you. They're trying to convince themselves that what they see happening isn't happening. That, that's why all the experts are like, yeah, we don't, uh, I mean, nothing makes any sense. I'm, I don't understand. It's because they've lived in a world of lies, in a system of lies. Now, what I played of that guy, of BlackRock, blah, 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 
getting into cryptos, getting into Web3. It's, it's these people. Remember, not everyone is bad. Not everyone's a pedophile. Not everyone is evil, rubbing their hands together, going, how can I destroy the world? They're people that bought into a lie and are starting to recognize the lie. Perfect example. The CEO of BlackRock, right? I watched an interview. Now, I six months ago, a year ago, this guy was pushing um, um, uh, e, uh, ESG, right? Uh, yeah, ESG in, in investments. Uh, energy, social, and governance, or whatever they call it. Right? He, he, he was pushing that big time at the World Economic Forum. He said, well, we're going to have to force people into this. That's what he said. We're going to have to force people into compliance. A week ago, on an, in, on an interview, that same guy was asked, hey, what about ESG? And he laughed and he said, I won't even say those words anymore. And they're like, wait, what? Yeah. Because he recognized if I lead my companies, my company into the ESG why my company's gonna die because he as as he started to see it and anheuser bush is what flipped this guy when he saw the reaction to bud light commercial he recognized that's the same reaction to ESG, except in a systematic environment. He saw his company as Bud Light. And that's why, because so, he had so many clients reach out and go, wait, are we getting involved with ESG? Oh, yeah. All right, I, I'm out. Wait, what? Yeah, I'm out. Close my account. Well, hang on a second. We haven't gone ESG. I mean, we've just talked about it. Oh, so you're not going ESG. Now it's just something we're kind of looking at, but I mean, it's not something we're like going. Don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. 
Now he won't even say the damn words. He's like, well, I'm not saying ESG. Are you crazy? That's a death. That's a death blow to BlackRock. And the interviewer was like, damn, we lost BlackRock. And that's the panic. BlackRock is dead serious about Web3 and cryptos. Because they understand it doesn't matter how much you push unless the individuals next to you, you can't push them. All you can do is talk them into not doing business with you anymore. That's what all these financial institutions are recognizing. That the old system's done. It is done, done. And they're seeing the lifeboat for the first time. Remember, right? Michael Saylor in 2000, whatever, like 13, put out a tweet making fun of Bitcoin. Michael Saylor said he didn't notice Bitcoin. He didn't understand Bitcoin until he needed Bitcoin. Then he understood it. See, BlackRock is not adopting the Bitcoin because it's kind of cool. It's because BlackRock needs Bitcoin. BlackRock is now MicroStrategies. Why do you think the CEO of BlackRock now sounds more like Michael Saylor? Because you don't need, you don't know what you need till you need it. Pud Light was the oh shit moment for BlackRock. ESG was the oh shit for BlackRock because he saw the the split of the system. And he saw, okay, uh, most of the people are against ESG. And he's going with the people because he understands value and monetary value is created by the people. Value, the 
is now transitioning into a new monetary system. And it ain't the government. That's why all these companies are now lining up. And that's why the only one at the SEC who's trying to save the old system is Gensler. Gensler, I guarantee, is blackmailed. Because anyone else would have been the BlackRock CEO. Wait a minute. Why am I the only one left who is saying this is a good idea? Because Gensler, they have something on Gensler that is personally more destructive than his reputation's value to him. Those are the people who have been compromised. The last man standing is always the last, the person with the most to lose. Because they're hanging on, not to logic, they're hanging on to something else more personal. All right, my friends, this episode's over. I got to run. Look, do yourself a favor. Click the link under here or go to www.bitcoinbencryptoclub.com. Look around, understand that this is your way out. I've created the system. We've created the channel. We have the system to create the channels, to grow the networks, to grow your network. Now you just have to implement it. That's it. If you're sitting there going, well, I still don't get it. I, I, I don't have a full picture. You know why you don't have a full picture? Because you've never gone and joined the website. The website is the explanation of the system. Join for one month and look at it and go, oh, oh, now I get it. After one month, 
if you don't see what I'm talking about, cancel your membership. Pretty simple. That's it. Look, do yourself a favor. Join for one month. And if you don't see the value, close your membership. It's, it's, but join and become active in it. Don't sit there and go. You have to use it. I, you have to use the tools in it. You can't just join the website and go, okay, send me money. I'm, I'm sure people understand network value in, network value out. That's in any network that tells you you don't have to put energy into it to get it, money out of it is a scam, right? That's why Bitcoin's honest. You have to buy into it to get the rewards of the growing network. I don't know, some people are selling. All right, join the club under here. Give it a month. Interact with it. Reach out to us. Talk to us. Figure out what you want to do using the website, using all the tools. And then we'll help you do it. It's very simple, All right? Everybody, love you guys. See you guys tomorrow morning. Bye-bye.